Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, y'all. It's Monica. Recently, I had the opportunity to talk to Ricky Verandas from The Ripple Effect. You probably know him from the Union of the Unwanted. He's such a nice guy, such a great guy. And we always start out wanting to talk about politics and news of the day. And we just end up talking about life and philosophy of life. And it's just always very uplifting. So we put together for you just a highlight reel of that show with Ricky. So maybe it's half of what the actual show was. And if you want to hear the whole thing, check out The Ripple Effect. And in the meanwhile, enjoy the highlights. It's crazy. Looking back and reflecting, it's I'm still stunned how far it went and how much they got away with. Like when you look at it, it's like, okay, there's so many things that made it obvious for like a, a person like you and I that this was had nothing to do with a disease this had nothing to do with the virus this had nothing to do with trying to protect or save people and and yet it like i mean to get to that point where people are screaming at each other there was tension in the air there were i mean i couldn't go anywhere without feeling like there was just anxiety everywhere like there was some you know and it really made me um think about those, you know, the, the, all those studies and, and, and theories about consciously all of us being connected. Cause it's like, you felt it like you, I remember I couldn't go to the grocery store without feeling like there's tension everywhere. And then like once COVID got behind us, uh, well, you know, for the most part, yeah, like just people start smiling a little more. People started, uh, you know, uh, being a little friendlier. Uh, there wasn't as much anxiety and it really, it just felt like I couldn't quantify it. I couldn't understand what I was feeling or sensing, but I sensed it. And I mean, even today I, I went, to, you know, I go to the gym every morning and like today I was just like between sets, just looking at people, like picking up dumbbells, people talking to each other and just everything looked completely normal. And, I'm, and I was just reflecting, I'm like, wow, I'm like, it wasn't that long ago that people were freaking out about being close to each other about it's insane. It's we we didn't even know if we were going to get back to normal. And I feel like as soon as we did got some semblance of normalcy, I breathed such a sigh of relief. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to think about it. My desire to like be activist and deal with any of this stuff. I mean, I was absolutely exhausted and fatigued from the whole thing. I still kind of feel like, you know, I'm getting old. I can't, I don't know how much more I can care about saving the world or even if it's possible. But I will say a couple of things in response to what you're saying, although it's not completely gone because I was at a Christmas party recently and someone was saying how uh, someone said. One guy said, you know, I always thought the mandates were a bad idea, so they were all vax people, but it's like I thought the mandates were a bad idea. And someone else said, but those people, other people were making us sick. And I was like, that is just, that is absolutely not true. Like that's at, been proven. There's absolutely no question about that. And even the original guy was like, yeah, that's not true. Chick walked away. She just walked away. I was like, are we still like 
you know, can't even have a conversation. But for the most part, I have no no problems. Like I don't even talk about it, but it's not a big deal. But I will say, like, if you read that 2017 document from Johns Hopkins, the SPARS thing, whatever, I forget what it stands for, but it's basically the media outline. It's 25 points of like how to handle the propaganda during this. And if you start getting towards the later chapters, the last couple of chapters, one of them says, like, how do we handle it when people um, realize that the that the first movers, those who accepted the vaccine are getting sick? that it that it was bad do you thank them for their sacrifice do you ignore it like it's they were scenario they this is scenario planning and i don't know if that didn't even happen like we took it on the chin to the point where people don't even realize but one of the things that you know i have a list of things i expect for 2024 one of the the things is a just a massive spike in cancer i kind of expect that but I have observed that people are getting weird cancers, whether they were vaccinated, the majority I think were vaccinated, or if they just had COVID bad. Like I think COVID itself, the bioweapon itself is also rather damaging, kind of like Lyme disease. So, but my point was just that that SPARS document made it seem like there would be a more of a reaction. And to your point, like people just took it and you know, I, I don't see people really getting pissed in retrospect. I think they're just like keeping the blinders on. But yeah, I had totally neglected that in my military industrial complex thinking, which I always thought of as defense, finance and energy. And then after that, big farm, tech, big pharma, but it, it's so dominant. And another thing that is kind of on my agenda for 2024 for what to watch out for is this, them taking it to the next level of what does big pharma want? What, what big pharma wants and needs, like how do they grow their market is that healthy people, well people, people who are not physically ill because we have higher health now, we more, you know, better health for, for the most part, what do they need? They need to be able to give well people uh, drugs all the time. And the two biggest ways they can do that for well people is um, vaccines, so fear, and creating mental health problems so that people have to be on that all the time. And then I would say the second tier for them is having a lot of uh, of chronic illnesses that require constant drugs like cholesterol, which is good for you. You have to like take a drug to keep that down. So heart problems in general, cancer is just such a prolonged thing now, can last forever. Um, strokes, you know, you take blood thinners forever. Thyroid problems I expect to increase because people have to be on thyroid problems. The trans stuff, like those people have to be on drugs forever. So yes, I think big pharma, maybe Courtney Turner might say hand in hand with Tavistock is, you know, crafting our reality so that we have to take drugs every day. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at like the cholesterol number. There's been a, I forget, I always forget her name, but she's a uh, Australian journalist who kind of exposed the fact that there was no science behind the, the number that they decided is when they start recommending their drug. And it's not that hard to believe because if you're big pharma and you're like, okay, how do we come up with a, a number to when we tell doctors to start recommending our product, why wouldn't we make that number as low as possible? Mm -hmm. 
Because they keep lowering it. They lower the blood pressure number ta- now, too. And I was just listening to Kathleen Ellis, maybe, on Courtney Turner's show, who I, I'm not like, I don't have a lot of time for podcasts, but Courtney's really been rolling out some good ones lately. So this chick, I tracked down her YouTube video because she has like playlists. And one of them was doctors who will talk openly about the fact that calcification in your arteries, which is bad, is not related to cholesterol. And one thing that, I mean, I don't like to jinx stuff, but like I I'm married to a Texan, so it's just red meat, red wine. That's all we do. And I love to make sauerkraut and fermented foods. And apparently sauerkraut has as a natural source of vitamin K, which redirects calcium from your arteries into your bones. So it's like excellent for you, but it has nothing to do. I mean, cholesterol is important, you know, like it's got nothing to, I actually think some of these things just make you, I actually think, I think we all agree. Some of these things make you sicker, you know, and and it's actually called iatrogenic illness, I-A-T-R-A or O-G-E-N-I-C, where the medicine you take actually exacerbates the underlying problem. So they give you more of the medicine and you just get worse. That's how I think my brother died from AZT poisoning from AIDS. Like as he was totally had no problems with his T-cells, he took AZT, his T-cells tanked, then he took more, tanked again and just fucking died. <laughs> you know? I just had a guest on, uh, you know, earlier today, a doctor, and we talked a lot about these topics. And, you know, one thing I constantly say, it's like everybody wants to talk about how do we make healthcare more affordable when really the question yeah. should be is why are we all so unhealthy and why do we need affordable health care? Like, I haven't seen a doctor in years. I mean, I can't honestly cannot remember the last time I, I, I visited a doctor. The only reason that I, I've even seen uh, a hospital is because I've, I've, you know, I've had some sports injuries, you know, like I've dislocated my shoulder, I've fractured both arms, um, you know, I've done like stuff like that. But, and then once I'm out of the hospital, I'm like, let me take my vitamins. Let me get back to, you know, uh, you know, just taking care of my body the natural way and I'll let everything fall into place. But like, why do we have to go on a pill every single day? Why do, why do so many people have chronic illnesses? Why, you know, th- we, that's the question we should be, uh, we should get to, but instead big pharma you know, their perspective of like, instead of getting to root cause, let's just focus on the symptom that has kind of, you know, become the whole world's perspective on health, where it's like, it's not about getting to root cause. Oh, let's just take care of the symptom. The symptom is we need to figure out how to get, make these pills more affordable. And how do we have access to them? It's like, how about we get to the root cause of like, why do we need so many pills? I forget which comedian said it. I, I always refer to this uh, joke. I mean, it might've been Bill Maher, but Bill Maher said, uh, you know, back in the day, they used to ask you, uh, you know, at a, a doctor's visit, like, are you on any prescription pills? Today, they ask you, how many pres- prescription pills are you on? And it's like, we d- we didn't realize that we've transitioned to this world where this has become completely normalized, but not that long ago, just a generation ago, like, that wasn't normal at all. I agree with you. And I think, I don't even think it's necessary. I have so many things to say in response to what you're saying just there. One, first of all, I, I've seen this quote. Is it Voltaire or is it really not even a quote? I don't know. But like, look to who you're not, whom you're not allowed to talk about. And that's where the power lies. And it really is, I think, pharma in part because that's what gets my YouTube stuff taken down and election stuff. Um, my grandmother, my mother's mother, lived till she was 95. 
And looks like my mother's going to have the same profile, even though finally when my mother was in her 70s or 80s, they finally talked her into going to a heart doctor, gave her all sorts of drugs. And now when I see her, she was basically bleeding to death from these uh, blood thinners and they were ready to just write her off. They're like, I don't know what's wrong with her. She can't even get out of bed. So um, my sister had the great idea. It's like, take her off the blood thinners. And she perked up when she stopped, you know, and then slowly but surely when I was staying with her, I took away some of the other things they were giving her that weren't like heart critical. But even then she's like, they have her on one heart pill, which is like for AFib. And she said, I've never had AFib in my life. I've never had a heart palpitation in my life. So the only thing that I'm really in favor of is she takes gout medicine because gout is so painful. I'm just like, okay, that's fine. But because I have this like super frail person, I can see you know, you can like literally see the impact when she takes a pill, she'll like fall asleep or she can't get out of bed. And it, it, I think with us healthy people, we can just power through that. You know, like when I was young, my hangovers, now, I never even thought of like a two day hangover now. Like I think I might have had a three day hangover once in a while. Like you just don't metabolize it. But that's how you can see the impact that it's having. And given that she's not living any longer than her own mother, who did not go to a doctor the last time she died at 95. The last time she had seen a doctor was when she was 35 and had her last child. So, and he came to the house. So that was 60 years made no difference whatsoever, which means that it's, you know, I think genes are a big part. And the reason they need us to have affordable healthcare, it's just a subsidy to big pharma because that's what makes people sick. And there's this thing I may have mentioned to you, the Hispanic paradox. I've mentioned it before. They don't know why, but people who don't speak English, Hispanics who don't speak English, no matter what country they're from, high cayenne consumers or or like Puerto Rico, which doesn't have the hot stuff at all or whatever, it doesn't matter at all. If they don't speak English, they live eight years longer on average. This has nothing to do with weight or any other habits. And that um, chick who moved to Panama, you know that doctor, um, she's hard to get on the air. Uh, she was so, I think she was a, went to Harvard and Princeton maybe, black chick. I can't remember her name, but she's like, it'll blow your mind. And they chased her out, like took her license away because she stopped giving people pharma. And she was saying that um, she thinks it's because they can't hear the propaganda. They cannot interpret the propaganda. So when every time I see like Telemundo or Univision or whatever, and I'm like, they they have to propagandize everybody in this country. They they would probably sub. I bet wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. government subsidizes Spanish speaking propaganda. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. People think like you need carbs. You don't need carbs. You you, you can live. With, I have I go days without. I think ever. your body produces carbs. I mean, you need them, but I think your body. actually. Well, you have glucose carbs. neogenesis, yeah. which, uh, you know, can it can turn protein into uh, glucose. So you don't need carbs. You can actually uh, produce glucose if need be. 
um, in this process of you. That's why they used to tell you like, oh, people who take too much protein, that if you take too much, it turns into sugar. That's what they mean by it. Because if you take too much protein, they'll just, uh, oh, you know, it'll actually turn into glucose. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't need, I've gone days without, and I play, I go to the gym every morning, um, a few times a week, I, I play soccer and, and basketball. Um, I'm constantly, you know, coaching. So I'm active and, and doing stuff. And, and, uh, so, and, and I'll go all day without eating a thing and just electrolytes and, um, some caffeine. And then at the end of the night, give me my, I like my uppers and downers, like my uppers during the day. And then once, yes. once it's time for, for dinner, I'm like, give me that glass of wine. That's why I don't like the yes. day drink because mentally and physically, I'm so used to like, once I have a glass of wine, it means I'm done for the day. Like, yes. I don't, I don't have to be productive. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm throwing in a towel, a towel for productiveness for the day. So if I day drink, I'm just like, I feel like I'm done for the That's day. <laughs> you know, That's I vacation. I do. I agree with you. It's like the upper and the downer. And I always say that like alcohol starts this. I mean, caffeine starts the cycle of alcohol like, for people who really have a problem. I for me. So I have to lose a few pounds. So I had to give up drinking. And the one thing that does help me with that, like I'm shutting down for the night thing is I'll eat one of those CBD gummies from my guy. I don't know if you have a CBD. I have like the best true hemp science. But uh, so I love that turning off thing. But I can't I can't eat nothing. I just maybe I could get used to it, but I have to eat. I mean, I don't have to eat a ton, but I cannot understand how you do that. And I don't do you think it varies from person to person? Or do you think that it's just because you've trained yourself to do it? Like, do you think I could train myself to do what you do? Oh, absolutely. I don't know, man. I, I'm I, a chick. I, I was one of those people that I would go to the like, go play sports or whatever. And if I didn't have, if I didn't eat enough, I, I would have, uh, you know, that feeling of like, oh, I got low blood sick. sugar. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting, I don't have that anymore. And that's because wow. so your body's a hybrid car. It can run off, uh, you know, uh, glucose or can run off fats and it's called fat storage because it's storing it for when you right. need it. Well, if I keep giving it, it's almost like a, you know, like a hybrid car, you give it gas and it won't use the battery until it runs out of mm. gas. Well, if I keep filling the gas tank, the battery, the fat store just stays there. So it's like, you need to like, you know, stop giving it gas. So then it starts running off the battery. And that's kind of the same thing with your body. Like it, the, the keto flu, what a lot of people would call. Yes, um, I get keto, that for sure. Yeah. And, and that's just from like your body transitioning or learning to burn fat, the fat storage. And the reason why once you hop in ketosis and you can check your, your, your ketones with the, you know, they have these little strips that, um, you know, you put in your urine and then it'll tell you if you have ketones in your system. Um, but if like, I almost knew every single time, like I'm in ketosis cause I would lose all appetite. My, yes. my energy was I've like that. Yeah, I've done sustained. That. And, uh, and once, and the good thing is like, once you do it for a long periods of time, you're quite flexible. Like when I first started, I remember years ago when I first started doing oh. keto uh, diets, like once I cheated, like if I had a, I would call them reward days. Um, and I, I would, it would take me a while to get back in ketosis. Like I'd feel like the next day I couldn't go all day without eating. Oh, I could, but I'd be hungry. And then, you know, I would struggle to go a whole day without, uh, without eating. And then, um, and then after a while, like my body got so used to going like days and days of just eating once and eating high, you know, I, most of what I eat, is just fatty meat, a little yeah. bit of salad, you know, and if I do, um, do any salads or any sauces with my food. It's always Primal Kitchen stuff. I've been following Mark Sisson way before he even had Primal Kitchen. I'm a huge fan of his. It's the best, yeah. yeah Mark's, it, uh, Primal Kitchen. As soon as I got to my mom's and she was like and not doing well, I was just like, 
way here. The first day I got there, I was like, I'm calling a priest. <laughs> but then and she perked up immediately. But then I just started like, is there any red meat in the house? You know, <laughs> like, get out of my way. Just burgers, roast beef, filet mignon, whatever. And she always said that, like, when I eat meat, I just feel like a million dollars. Well, it's it's true, and it's about the it it's about the quality of me too. Like that's what people don't yes. realize. It's almost like cigarettes ruined, uh, you know, smoking in general. Like yes. every, everybody assumed, like if you smoked marijuana or if you smoked cigars, yeah. it all has the same effect on you, and it doesn't. Yeah. Like cigars has one ingredient, tobacco and vegetable oil to uh, to kind of keep it uh, stuck together. But like there's one ingredient. Cigarettes have hundreds of ingredients and hundreds uh, hundreds of things that are, uh, that are toxic for you. So that's why. I remember I had this, uh, her name's uh, Delicia Silva. Uh, they call her the Cigar Vixen. She was a cigar reviewer. And I had her on. We did a whole show on cigars. And she swore up and down that, um, uh, she's like, I've been to the, you know, the, the farms in Honduras, Nicaragua. She's like all over the world. She's always in magazines and stuff. She's like very well known in the cigar industry and world. And she knows all these families. She's like, generation after generation, they're smoking cigars. He's like, you grow up on a tobacco farm? You're smoking cigars at a young age. You're smoking. It's just a it's lot a, of cigar smoking in my house, and I've been worried about it a lot. Like, oh, I, yeah, I smoke. I, I, I smoke yeah. occasionally too. Yeah. Well, that's why I had her on because I'm a big. Uh, I like my yes. wine. I like my cigars. I like my bourbons. So anything that I've uh, I like, I've done a show on. And it's like the Woody Allen movies. Like <laughs> get him a steak, a cigarette, and some whiskey, <laughs> but not a cigarette, a cigar. Yeah. Well, it's because yeah, because it's like it, it's like eating McDonald's every day and then being like, hey, see, burgers are bad for you because I'm really sick. It's like no, no, it's not the meat. It's right. like it's low quality. C cigarettes is I would always say like cigarettes is the McDonald's of smoking. Like cigars mm. is just a leaf. If and if you watch it, you realize how how connected how natural it really is. Like it's it's grown it's a beautiful plant it's then uh, uh dried right and it's uh, once it's dried then pot too yeah. i've read that pot smoking maybe it's different now but did not that people who smoke the same amount of pot like fucking smokers uh did not get cancer there was no uptick in cancer could be different now but i read that for sure well, how many people who are famously potheads like, you know, Snoop Dogg? I mean, and yes. other people like, why don't they all have cancer? There's tons of yeah. famous people who like Mike Tyson, people who are known for like smoking every single day. If there yeah. was uh, a real threat to uh, to smoking that Rush just... Limbaugh and the cigars, though, that bummed me out. <laughs> but who knows what else he was up to? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember like I'm, as a as a Celtics fan, I remember like uh, Red Auerbach used to smoke. Um, and I remember uh, going to Celtics games when he was still alive and Celtics would pay the fine for him to smoke in, in the stadium because they're like, you know, like this guy is grandfather. Wow. And, and I love, I love that. So you would, you would see him like, you know, smoke. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And, uh, and I got into smoking. I'm like, and then the thing with me is like mental health is equally as important or if not, stress is a killer Four things kill you. Absolutely. Right. Isn't it radiation toxins? Um, malnutrition and stress are those the four things? Uh, it might be, but stress is definitely one stress of, is definitely one of them, one, and it's so true. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. My, my wife would sometimes be like, "Well, you're such a health nut, like, and yet, like, you smoke cigars." I'm like, "Yeah," but I'm like, the mental benefits I get and emotional benefits I get of like relaxing, having a smoke, and just chilling and and being able to reflect and or even just hit reset um, on my life and my thoughts and, and on everything. I'm like, th those benefits 
way surpass any negative uh, effects I, I might have from cigar yeah, Prozac? What the fuck is that? And by the way, God created heaven and earth and said it was good. So that's why, like, I, you know, I feel like you, somebody said that to me once because I just, I'm not going to blame Catholic Catholicism. It's my own thing. But like, I just feel guilty sometimes. I have actually have a Protestant work ethic. I just want to work all the time. Like, I'm only happy when I, I only feel not guilty. I'm just working. And, uh, but my husband's the opposite. Like, he works like a dog and then he just turns off, you know, like, you know, like have a glass of wine. And I love, I love hanging out with him and doing that. And I just, you know, sometimes feel guilty. And someone says to me, you know, God created heaven and earth. He said it was good. Like you owe it. Like, you know, just sit there and enjoy it. And that's why like um, the Opus Dei thing in, in Spain, I believe Jose Maria Escobar, I forget which it is, but he was, I think he was like the head of education or something under Franco. And they were worried Franco wanted an economic resurgence, revival, or, you know, not re, but surge. And he he said, I think the idea was, I don't want to misquote because a lot of people like live this and I don't want to say stuff that there's like, that's wrong. I get, oh, I get that so much. I can't stand it. You know, people are really committed. And if you just have a casual comment about something, it like upsets people. I don't want to upset anyone or offend anybody. But if I recall correctly, the idea was that they wanted the Spanish men to work harder they wanted them. I think there was maybe a, a skirt chasing problem. So they told the, the wives to like dress better and be, you know, don't let this guy wander. He needs to go to work during the day, come home and at night. But I'm I'm thinking that the 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 reverse is really to like Italy and Spain and really understand probably Portugal too really understanding the importance of balance, which is why I'm so kind of disgusted and opening my eyes to. I don't even know if it's consumption as much as production, but this materialistic American uh, system, which of course is exported mercantilist, you know, conquest over hundreds of years over every single country. I really feel like Korea and Vietnam, those wars were about getting people out of the rice paddies and into the factories and absorbing all surplus and taking human beings and just, and just getting every last bit out of them for numerous reasons, one to like, you know, have a vortex of wealth going up to the, you know, the pinnacle, but also to keep people, you know, to disconnect them from what's good and like uh, complex, spiritual. And like I started out this conversation saying I've I, people in extremists or whatever, like they care about their relationships and you need that's what that's what wine and cigars and, you know, that's what it's for. And I think we've really lost something. And and then when you have that impulse, what is what is the American system do? Drives it into fucking heroin, you know, like it drives it into where and then they spike it with fentanyl. Like it, it just it makes it makes these natural impulse sex like, yes, yeah, yeah it's great. Like marry someone you love, like relax, take a vacation. But instead, it has to be you know, exploitive and on billboards and disconnected from that spiritual, you know, I just love, I, I just, I, I feel like people come to this country, immigrants come to this country because I believe that they're wowed by the bells and whistles. They're wowed by the consumerism and they really lose something and they don't know it. Like I'm only realizing it now and they don't know it till it's too late. And, and it's bad for everything. It's bad for your health. Even if I lived less long, I'd want to live this way, but I don't even think you do. 
let's get the most out of the food because that's another thing. It's like you really there are micronutrients in there that who knows if they get glossed over. That's why I think they say that like a three day water only fast is good because it gets everything out, like cleans out your blood, like takes the time to, you know, so your fasting is awesome. But there's a few things I want to say about what you're saying. One, and I'm going to go backwards. One is I was recently, I, I coined a term called twisdom, like the wisdom from Twitter. Like, so I have my tweets and that my best crowdsourcing of information is always that. So if I have a question, like, how do I solve this problem? Like I feel sick or whatever, like somebody will give me an answer. So I said, like, should I give blood? And I got a lot of interesting responses. And when I said, you know, I always wondered, like, we never cycle through our blood. And one of the people said that when we were just physical beings, just running squishes blood cells in the bottom of your feet and stuff. So like you were in when you have physical activity, you break blood cells, even when you like lift weights and stuff, you're breaking blood cells. They get squished, I guess. And then your body has cause to make more. And we not everybody does that. And certainly not at the rate that we used to. So I agree with you. I think I think we're absolutely physical beings and we have to really focus on trying to balance that out, which obviously you do. Also, life is so short. And when I tell you, I could spend every single day like working like a dog around my house and just having that glass of wine after dinner every single day for a hundred years and I would be happy. And I, I you know, I'm lucky enough, like I love my husband and, uh, you know, I love my kids, but I also like my kids. So like, I that's... love, I love that. What there's nothing. See, this is another one. And I don't want to interrupt you or derail yeah, no, you. But, so I have one but, more thing. After but it, it. it just, it's a, such an important point because I have a huge issue. And this is why so early in my podcast, everybody thought I was like a, a some type of Portuguese socialist liberal, but I, it, I'm like, I, I have a huge issue with like this idea of like never being content. Like, to some extent, I understand using it as a motivation to try to, you know, we're always looking for ways to self-motivate to do something because uh, we're constantly fighting procrastination. But like, you know, to me, there's nothing wrong with being content with like just being like, instead of complaining or focusing on the things we don't have, like enjoying and appreciating the things you do have. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not a part of our DNA in America. In America, it's always about like, be a go-getter. It's never enough. Bigger house, newer house, newer car, new, uh, you know, newer phone, but you know, all the, 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 you know, those type of things. But now it's gotten to the point where just to have what you see from like the Brady Bunch where, or not the Brady Bunch, but like the leave it to beaver or whatever, where the dad like went and worked at the hardware. So I don't know what his job was, but like you could go to the hardware store and come home and have you know, a boy's room, a girl's room, your wife, dinner, a little front yard. Now, literally, like in uh, trying to do that, we all work like absolute dogs because the tax rate is so high, I think, and other reasons. So it's like almost impossible to, at this point, you don't even have to strive for more. You just have to strive for that baseline. And it takes all of your time. It exhausts all of your resources, which I think is the point. But one really important thing that I wanted to say about, you said like somebody, I don't know what it was in context to, but, uh, oh, you were saying in Portugal, like there's always somebody around to help with the kids or help with whatever you need. And I was noticing this with my mom. So she doesn't, and I, I shouldn't overly talk about that, but it's it's just been such a powerful experience in my life and I'm experiencing it right now. So she doesn't want hospice. She doesn't want to go anywhere. She doesn't want anyone coming in, but her own kids to take care of her. So she has six daughters, five now, but like, and the boys are helpful, but they can't like really help her. 
So we are like around the clock going there and taking care of her. And I was thinking like, I, I can do it. Some of my sisters are retired and so they can do it too, but I can do it because my husband works and I do like my full-time job is taking care of my uh, son who has Down syndrome, but he's busy a lot and he's pretty independent now. And I can leave him with my husband at night or some, you know, babysitter or whatever. And that's why I'm able to be there for her. And I was thinking that for everything, like when my husband needs something, I'm here, I can do it. When my kids need something like my job, somebody, whether it's a wife or a husband or anybody, older kid or the oldest son or whatever, somebody needs to be like the, you know, you need somebody at home to like take care of it. Like just abandoning your post and not not taking care of each other, taking care of your house. It's really stressful and impossible. And it reminds me of Lanny and Chud from Greener Postures. They're like, it's not the nuclear family isn't the answer. It's the extended family. And I feel like I can, you know, my mother doesn't want to do hospice. She wants us to take care of her. You can't. Like, you think you can't, you're freaked out because like, how can you do that? I don't know how to do that. I don't have the time to do that. I can't be there. She made no bones, but that's it. She just drew the line, which is crazy because she's never made any demands of her life. But she used to always say, like, we'd say, how how are you going to take care of yourself when you're old, mom? You never want to move out of this house. And she said, I'm just going to make saints out of you kids. I'm going to make saints out of you kids. And she's right. Like, we are there. And, um, and, and you can do it. And then you see what it's like to take care of somebody. Uh, and we're just divorced from that. But you have to be there. You have to have the time. And you have to just not be stressed out. You have to be able to focus and look at it and say, okay, like, you know, maybe this chick could use a steak. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you love her. But the the nurse who comes in, it, you know, she, she won't even have that. But, you know, that's you're never getting that in a nursing home or from a nurse. But it requires that somebody feel like home is where your your work is. Even just the um, specialization of labor, the monotony of being like a lawyer for 80 hours a week or whatever, it's just not natural. And I think it makes people miserable. So I and it's funny because I completely when I went down that path, really, I always thought of being a mom or a wife or whatever as just something I allocated in my headspace zero. Like it just doesn't take any time. It's an afterthought. You can get somebody else to do it. But when when push came to shove, I was like, I'm going to have babies and leave them. You know, like, how is that going to work? And then I had my first son had Down syndrome. I was totally off the table. But it's it, I realized how misguided I was and that it's so much better to have the human interaction. And I think like on a hopeful note to wrap it up on a hopeful note is that what I think the powers that be and this is the week for the World Economic Forum global meeting and their theme is like rebuilding trust, which good luck with that. And yes, as a tweet said, like uh, that implies that they had it in the first place. But I've been realizing that that these our relationships and doing stuff like, you know, coaching your kids or cooking dinner for crying out loud. It's like, a you know, is, is almost like an earth mother thing to do these days. But if we and I noticed this with my mom and um, she had a new great grandbaby and I see the whole family coming together despite all of our differences. And I realized that the real the greatest weapon that we have against this power, which they don't understand, is raising our kids right 
giving them that and like the importance of relationships, of ethics, of morality, of, you know, one thing she said is like, don't, you know, tell your kids, like ask themselves what they can give and look at them and love them. And, you know, and she just, she just thinks of teaching children and seeing how they can contribute. And I don't think these these people on the top, I don't think they get it. And I think that's what our strength is, just each person. You don't even have to get your neighbors to see the truth about chemtrails, which would be nice though. But you don't have to. All you have to do is raise your kids right. And that is going to take some time. And and But it's a joy. But that's also what they're trying to prevent us from doing, right? It's like, it's, it's putting us in debt. So we're a slave to our job, ma- making sure we spend all our uh, energy and time and, uh, you know, the best years of our lives kind of just, you know, helping some big corporation make quarterly gains and then, you know, uh, send our kids off to daycare, normalize that, right? That the state, the school system is raising your kids. So whatever the state says, your kids should be learning. That's what they're learning. Uh, control the social media, um, you know, platforms and YouTube and algorithms. So, and then you can force feed them any information or narrative you want. And by the time you realize what's going on, it's too late. I know parents that told me, and I and I couldn't grasp it. I'm like, they're like my like I can't get through to my daughter. My daughter, I've lost her. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's going to college. She's she's like, I can't. She's brainwashed. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, how did this happen? Like, we didn't see it coming. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, could that happen to me? Like, or, or do it, it? It could happen to you. I I saw it happen because I live in L.A. But and there's a lot of influences there. You get them back like it's it. You get them back because they get out into the real world and they realize that you were right and you love them. And these false assumptions don't actually result like the cause and effect isn't there. So if you raise them right, in my opinion, you get them back. Well, that that's good to know, because, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are going through those uh, those issues right now with just their, you know, you being so focused on work and all this stuff and like it. And that's why what you're saying is so important, because we need to spend more time being involved with our kids. Like if you I always say if you're not in their lives, answering their questions, um, helping mold their worldview, somebody else is. And you're not going to like the that's why. Like when I was going to uh, the school board, that's what that's what takes your place. Yeah, exactly. And the school board meetings, like when I was going to them, like this idea of like teachers helping out with like these important questions and scenarios in your life. Like, no, no, no. You should be going to your parents with these questions. Like, I don't want that teacher, you know, answering the most important questions in your life and and helping you. You have to be there for that. Car rides, long car, no phones in kitchens and cars. If you can do that, kitchens and cars. That's where you are with your kids. If you can do that, they'll look out the window, they'll eat their food, they'll say something to you, and you have that opportunity. But you have to be there. But that's why those the dinners, right? The the fast food, like it, like you should just eliminate that. Like dinner is not just a, a moment where you just stuff calories in your system to to burn eventually. It's supposed to be a sacred moment of the day, a sacred time of the day. In Europe, like in Portugal, like you know, in Portugal, Italy, a lot of Western Europe, like everything closes from like noon to like two. Like, Who's going to cook? Like who, co- well, for there, maybe they do that. But like here, does your wife have the opportunity to cook? Do you cook? Like it takes some time. If you're in a hurry and it's six o'clock, you know, if you don't get off of work till five, what are you going to do? It's mac and cheese, right? 
No, I don't, I don't. I don't like mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, I'll do something else, quick and dirty. But well, not that's that. the nice thing about the like the, the the way we eat is like you know we we eat ribs, we eat steak, we eat pork, we you know. So it's like you throw on the grill. Like it it doesn't take that long. You grill some food. You make a little salad. You make that's some true. sides. You it, know what? You're right. You're right. Actually, that is true. Yeah, you don't have to. True. And even marinating food. Like sometimes if we have the time, we'll marinate things way in advance and just you know put some uh you know put. No, it, you're right. It doesn't you know, take that it doesn't, long. No, and, I, and it's delish, and it's so great for you. Yeah, and you and you have local butcher shops. Hopefully, you have local places where you can get the stuff freshly cut. Yeah, you get on it, the way home. You throw yeah. it on the grill. Throw some salt on it, some sea salt on it. That's get a glass of wine. Well, not if you're a kid, but if you're an adult, get a glass of wine. Enjoy the smells, the scents, the aromas, the things that we neglect so often. And uh, and and you know, and that's why I also think like the the, the popularity of of cigars whiskey bourbon's gotten huge wine you see more and more uh young people drinking wine i think we've been so detached from like you know just enjoying you know the simple things that people are now like looking for them and and starting yeah. to realize but this is the white pill this is the white pill there's no doubt in my mind and i as a result i started thinking about it it's the white pill is the answer and what is the white pill First of all, take joy in God's creation in your life. Make sure you have those relationships. Influence just by example, love, whatever, your own family. And what a great pleasure and joy it is to that. And you know what? If it's if we have to be martyrs on Judgment Day here on Earth, like if Revelation is real or whatever, and we got to deal with that, what that is the best way to prepare for it. You know, say your prayers, hug your kids and, and enjoy. And, and I, cause I think the spiritual effort is those connections with the people in your, in your life and your family, keep them close, keep them happy. Don't freak out all the time. And yes, I mean, when I do turn my attention to like the news of the day or the deeper stuff that people are worrying about, they are absolutely right. But I'm not sure we have any control over the big picture. And that is, isn't you don't necessarily that doesn't necessarily have to depress you it can um it can you can rejoice in the liberation of not being responsible for the direction of the world and just be responsible for yourself and your family but i think actually only being responsible for yourself and your family and being a good person focusing on those things will have an effect on the bigger picture if more people did those things Oh, right. think of how many people that there are who who have the right mindset. I mean, hundreds of millions of people probably in this country have their mind like in that space, just regular people and billions in the world. Yeah, that's right. That If everybody did it and it is the natural instinct. And that's probably why the propaganda works so hard to derail people and to blackpill them and and to sexualize kids and all the things that are truly bad. It's 24 seven, a thousand channels a day. That's a lot of effort because that's a big job. And I don't, I think they were not, they, because of what you're saying, I think they might not win it. Awesome. Well, I, I know I've taken up a lot of your time. You're a busy woman. You have a lot no, to good. do, but let uh, people know where they can keep up with you, uh, your deep dives, all the, Thank any you. other projects. Yes. So, uh, Monica's deep dives.com is my URL at the moment. That's my podcast and everything, but, and I wanted to do this in the beginning of 2024, but I'm absolutely, uh, just, putting everything on hold for my mom. But what I really am working towards is, you know, I was trained on WSB to have the Monica Perez show. And I think I'm going to bring it 
back the way it was supposed to be, which is just every single day, daily news. Um, and I'm going to, I got my feedback from WSB so I can revert that on Apple and everything. So look out for the relaunch. But in the meanwhile, I still have like a thousand shows on Monica's Deep Dives. I'm still doing interviews, but that's something I'm really looking forward to in 2024. And of course, I'm on rockfin.com slash deep dives. 